Secret Dinosaur Cult. Secret Dinosaur Cult. Secret Dinosaur Cult. Josie Hagen of Horus and Jodie Mitchell are dog. Have daddy issues that they go to tackle her dog. are listening to Secret Dinosaur Cult, a comedy podcast in which we try to figure out who we are through the medium of dinosaurs. I'm Jodie Mitchell, and this is Sophie Hagen. Can I do a brag? Yeah, please. Uh, so I landed today from, from Denmark, and I was just like mad, mad at Denmark for being shit because of all of the reporters and journalists and just general sexism. And then when I was leaving the plane, the pilot was like standing, saying goodbye to people alongside the staff, the what is, um, flight attendants. And then he stopped me and said, "I loved your TED talk." I was like, "Oh, what? the pilot!" I don't know why that's a big deal, but I was like, "What?" <laughs> was he wearing a uniform? Of course, he was wearing a uniform. Wow. Had a real daddy look. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> "Wow." Yeah, thank you. I made it just for you. <laughs> Look how supportive and understanding I'm being about the sexy pilot thing that I absolutely don't understand. <laughs> Aren't I amazing? It's not even... That. I mean, uh, to be fair, it could have been anyone saying I love your TED talk. But there was yeah, something about, like, you know, he just landed a plane. Yeah, fair enough. That's pretty impressive. I do understand. Like, I'm kind of hoping he, like, doffed his cap as well. <laughs> Is that a sex term? <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I'm just thinking about foreskins. <laughs> Have you never heard the expression "doff your cap"? I don't know why I, I haven't. Know. Other people I haven't. Think... That's shocking for me. Is it when you like pop it up a bit? I imagine. Or do so you pop it down? Or you take it off? I imagine. Okay, do they so detach? Those... Is it like it's Lego? Like <laughs> <laughs> Enough of this. Anyways, I'm famous is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> famous in the... I thought we were going to crash at one point. There was a good three minutes where I was like, I don't think the engine's on. I think we're just floating and we're about to just crash. Because I felt like I heard the engine turn off. And then I was just like, okay, I guess I'm going to die now. And I was like trying to come to terms with it. Did you? What airline were you flying with? British Airways. Ooh, fancy. Is it? I don't know, I've just never not flown with Ryanair. Oh, ooh, taking advantage of uh, workers who are being paid not anything. Ooh. Ooh, I just like the bit where we applaud when we land, like we weren't expecting that to happen. <laughs> just that sense of danger, I really get a high off of it. Yeah. That's what I want from a plane ride. Um, we're coming to Birmingham. <laughs> We really need to talk about this. We need to start tickets. We do need to plug it. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have left you in the lurch of it either. I was just... No, it's not just you, it's the entire audience as well. No one like, in yeah. this London show are impressed with us going to Birmingham. Oh, I'm quite sorry. It's I a like... quick little train ride, you can all come. Yeah, I have a lot of family around there, they could come. Really? Most of them are young children. Yeah. But I'm sure they would love this content. And yeah. <laughs> I have some family members listening and I don't know how comfortable... <laughs> Actually, my family in Birmingham are mostly my dad's family, so I feel like it would almost be hilarious to invite them to this podcast. <laughs> we'll do it, we'll survey it, and we'll see if we should do it again yeah. next time. Well, we are coming to Birmingham on March 24th. Tickets, uh, are th- it's for the Birmingham Podcast Festival, which mm. is pretty fucking cool. It is pretty fucking cool. And uh, tickets through secretdinosaurcult.com. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We have to... Listen, it can't all be about you. Okay, some of this is for Birmingham. Sometimes it has to be about us and our sales. We just love capitalism. We always have, okay? We need to buy more badges. Right. We should talk about being terrible people. Are you okay, hon? I'm Jurassic, mate. You're just the worst. Triceratop, that bitch. Wow, you really are a terrible person. Go on, I don't even get me started. We are a cult, and you're here at the cult meeting, and if you're listening, you're listening to a cult meeting, and that means you are in the cult meeting. We uh, will. We want to give you something as like. Of course, we know you get so much out of being in the cult. Of course, why? You know, you you know, you get pleasure and, and entertainment and 
you get to look at us or listen to us and that's a gift in itself we know but uh, part of what we give to you as our cult members is we give you forgiveness so what we want to give you now is we want you all to think about the worst thing you've ever done okay just think about focus you can can you see it your mother's tears yeah that was you you did that yeah feel it feel the shame and the guilt and now we, we forgive, forgive you. you you're so welcome feels good doesn't it yeah. good now for the most important bit um, us Jody, how have you it always hurts when they don't laugh at that a tiny bit <laughs> it's almost as if this whole thing is about us <laughs> what's the Jodie when have you been a terrible person <clears throat> um, so a few weeks ago on the podcast I talked about <clears throat> an event that happened where I um, got very very drunk at a party and vomited over a, a whole room um, and you know I'll, I'll leave that for you guys to explore fully the horrors and the suffering that stemmed from that for other people and not me um, but after that I returned to Edinburgh and um, I I was quite, I was quite depressed at the time. I was I was quite anxious. I was uh, in withdrawal from my all-consuming monogamous codependent relationship. Classic me. Um, and so, what I did was I went into deep denial about my mental health issues. And rather than uh, admitting to everyone that I was depressed, I blamed all of the symptoms of my depression onto potential phantom pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> And it didn't matter what anyone said, I insisted that I was just pregnant. Um, and my friends had to go through several weeks of guiding me through a pregnancy that we all knew was not the case. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And they all suffered quite a lot. They had to do a lot of emotional labour. And they shouldn't have had to do that because I was not pregnant. We all knew I was not pregnant. Um, and uh, I, again, was not pregnant. And um, eventually, as I always do, I began bleeding heavily. And my flatmate said, see, you're not pregnant. And I went, yes, I do. My pregnancy is in the brain. Um, and so from then on, we've referred to my depression as my pregnancy. Um, and I would like to be forgiven for putting them through that. I forgive you. Thank you. We forgive you. Thank you. Feels good, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. It's almost as if my pregnancy isn't there anymore. <laughs> uh, now, Sophie, mm. how have you been? A terrible person. Uh, uh, this was a few years ago. <clears throat> the incredible Callie, uh, Callie Thorpe, who was an influencer and a body positive activist, she um, started a campaign, I believe it was called hashtag humans not trolls. Mm-hmm. And her point was she'd been trolled quite a lot because of her wedding photos. Uh, she's a fat woman, and she had these amazing wedding photos taken. And she got trolled really, really heavily because of that. And she wanted to start this campaign, which was about we should stop calling trolls trolls because we need to... It kind of removes them from being humans. We need to remember that these are actual human beings doing these things. So she got... And I think it was Refinery29... Or stylist. So there was some like online magazine platform who got together with Facebook to organize an event where we all had to. So she it was Kelly Thorpe in the middle, and then she had to, she did a, she chose panelists to do this panel where we had to talk about trolling, and she chose me, Scotty, uh, Megan Crab, who's Body Party Panda, and Stephanie Yeboa. Yeah, I think that's it. And then we had to talk on this panel, and it was at the Facebook headquarters, and it was live, like, do a Facebook live event, so, like, the whole world would be watching. And we arrived at this Facebook uh, headquarter, which was just the scariest place. I'm probably not even allowed to talk about it. It's, like, such a... Because it's, like, there's, like, free candy everywhere. Wow. And, like, free soft drinks and coffee and salad bar, and, like, everything's free. Like, just have sweets and candy, and you're, like... Yeah, when are you going to push me into an oven? <laughs> so creepy. And there's like, oh, here's a fun statue. You're not allowed to take photos next to it. Like, why? What does it do? It's so, it was such a creepy building. And we're just like walking around me and Scotty, just like, 
what is this place is so weird we're like who do we speak to to get the blue tick on Instagram <laughs> and then we finally went into the, the room to do this panel about trolling and all the questions were meant to be like you know uh, so how does it feel to be trolled and what do you how do you cope with it and you know let's talk about how this makes us really sad so maybe it'll stop um, I had other plans so the others were doing really well well apart from Scotty <laughs> Scotty and I went rogue basically so this is live on Facebook so many people watching and there was like a camera and then a big screen where Facebook and whatever stylist the Refinery29 I think it was Refinery29 would like send us messages so Cali uh, knew what to say or like how to where, where to go next and there was be comments from Facebook from people who'd written in so, the, so she would like ask questions like, have you ever been trolled? How was it? And Stephanie Yeboa and Megan Crabb answered beautifully, talked about their experiences. Every time I was asked, I said, well, you know, of course it's painful being trolled, but the most painful thing is reporting one of these comments and then getting an email back from Facebook saying, oh, no, that's actually okay. That doesn't go against our community guidelines that's actually more painful that a platform like Facebook doesn't support people who are already marginalized. And then every time you get to see people behind the camera going, shit, shit, shut up, shut up. And then every time uh, she asked Scotty, Scotty would go, well, it's not really a problem with trolls. It's masculinity. It's toxic masculinity. This is a problem with men. And there was kind of be like, ah, Megan, Megan, what do you have to say? <laughs> and every single time, and sometimes me and Scotty would just kind of interrupt other people to go, well, actually, the problem is that Facebook is a platform. They've already proven that they can find trolls and they can find, you know, Nazis and stuff. They've just chosen not to do anything about it. And, you know, and uh, you could just see, and at one point, the screen just said, say something positive. Kelly <laughs> 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 had like one drop of sweat just down her face, just like, please don't fuck this up. And then, so, so she had this final round where she asked everyone, like, what's a positive thing uh, you can say about, you know, social media? And she asked me with these like pleading eyes, like, just please don't fuck this up for me. And I said, no, I think genuinely it's really, really positive that Facebook has invited us in to have this debate mm. because that means that they must be willing to want to change their ways <laughs> from being a company that exclusively benefits from you know, Nazis attacking women online, um, which is what they're doing now without helping anyone. So I guess it's positive that they might be open to listening to us. <laughs> and Kylie was just like, yeah, and Scotty? <laughs> and afterwards, I could just see my manager was in the room and he was just like shaking his head like, yeah, you'll never be let back in. I was like, yeah. And Kylie was like, I don't think you're going to get the blue tick. I was like, yeah. <laughs> And I kind of, kind of ruined, I kind of ruined her event a bit. And I do, feel, but it was just I couldn't. They would never let me in, anyways. It had to be mm. under the guise of Callie Thorpe's wonderful, lovely personality. Yeah. But I did ruin her event. For that, I would like forgiveness. <laughs> well, I definitely forgive you. Thank you. We, we forgive you. Thank you. I forgive and support you in doing it again slash every time. I am quite happy with it. But I do, feel, I do generally feel bad about it because she's so sweet. Right. Well, there's one person that I can't forgive. <clears throat> and that's my dad. It's time for the daddy hole segment. Um, now, obviously, cults are often arranged around a patriarchal figure. Um, and this cult is no different because we do love to talk about dad, don't we? Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, with this segment, um, we take turns in creating our own jingle. And it's now my turn. <clears throat> Humidity's rising. Barometer's getting low. According to all sources, Mum's house is the place to go. Cause tonight for the third time, <laughs> Mum has brought home a lad. So for the third time in history, it's time for a new dad. It's raining dads. Hallelujah, it's raining dads. 
Amen. It's raining dads. Hallelujah. It's raining dads. And they're all called John. Literally every time. God bless my mother, Karen. She's a single woman too. She took on patriarchy. And she did what she had to do. What? She taught her daughters to hate all men. So that eventually they would both come out as gay. This is literally what has happened. Ooh, it's raining dads, yeah. <clears throat> a true story and I really wanted to share it with everyone um, <clears throat> so Sophie mm-hmm. how have you filled your daddy hole this week I straightened my hair which is already quite straight and did it work did he come back no how did you fill your daddy hole this week I put all of my Ikea candle tea lights into one large display jar And in the centre, I hid my one remaining large candle so that it would be unveiled as I slowly use up the tea lights. Did it work? Did it come back? No. Okay. That's that bit. (laughs) (laughs) Still my favourite bit. (laughs) Someone has to love it. (laughs) I feel like it's time to introduce the dinosaur. It's time to introduce the dinosaur. Which dinosaur? dinosaur. Yeah, but which one? The one which we will predict all our shoes on. Oh, that dinosaur. So, I have to start with a, a, a very strange trigger warning. Because it's not about the topic. It's just a, this dinosaur... In every single article I've read about it, it calls it the unfortunately named dinosaur. And that's probably, I mean, then I thought it's probably not pronounced this way. Then I looked up YouTube videos where people pronounced it, and it is pronounced this way. But I just want you to know that's the name of the dinosaur is not the topic. So it's just the name. So it's, and this is not even, it's not even a joke. It's the Raptosaurus. Oh my god. Yeah, it's called the Rapes. But it's named after the um, Rapetto. So it should be the Rapetosaurus. Let's call it that. Rapetosaurus. Yeah. Okay, we'll do that. But then I don't want any paleontologists to be like, <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. If they do that, we'll put them in the, the Ross Geller corner of shame for toxic masculinity. It's Rapetosaurus. So, the Rapetosaurus crossae, crossae, crossae. Uh, so it stems from, sound in the background is the hand dryer from the toilet. Don't worry about it. Please, Please donate to our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash secret dinosaur cult. It's still fucking going. Oh, there we go. Uh, so Rapetto <laughs> is a, so it's like a giant deity. Do you know what that is? Deity? D-E-I-T-Y? Deity? Deity. 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 Oh, yeah, like a god. A god. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's not even the bad word that it's named after, which would be very strange. So, and then the Krausei, which comes afterwards, is named after the team leader of the expedition, David W. Kraus. Cool. Krause. I imagine he's German. Krause. You wouldn't know. You don't speak German. I do. <laughs> so many languages. Now... <laughs> The Rapetosaurus is like one of those long neck ones. So it's like a titanosaur. It's like one of the big, 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 huge um, long ones. You know the ones. This guy. Right? Oh, long neck. Big swing neck boy. Big swing neck boy. Mm. I like to give them my own names. <laughs> it makes it more accessible, the learning. It's uh, described in this very kind of sexy way. There's a short and slender tail, a very long neck. And a huge elephant-like body. It's not actually described sexily, but I think if I say it like that, it does sound a bit sexy. <laughs> its head resembles the head of a diplo- 
duck head with a long, narrow snout and nostrils on the top of its skull. It's like a Marks and Spencer's advert. <laughs> this is not just a dinosaur. It's a long-necked dinosaur. It's a herbivore. And its small pencil-like teeth were good for ripping the leaves off trees, but not for chewing. Oh, yeah. So, the point of this dinosaur, because it's not, you know, we've had uh, a titanosaur on this podcast before. Mm. We've uh, d- d- dived into this type of dinosaur before, but the reason it's special is because Christina Curry Rogers is a paleontologist who discovered the first adult Rapetosaurus skeleton in 1996. But she was also the first one to find a baby one. And I don't know why this, this baby dinosaur thing has made me so... I'm so emotional about it. Are you? Yeah, way more than I would be about someone telling me about just like a puppy. It's like 65 million years ago and I'm like, oh, baby dinosaur. <laughs> But it's because... A ba- so what's amazing about this... Um, so in 2012, Christina Curry Rogers found... Um, She was digging through drawers of miscellaneous crocodile fossils. <laughs> As she's one to do. And she said, and she, because she'd found the Rapetosaurus, the adult, uh, she then found like a miniature version. She was like, hold on. This is the exact same dinosaur, but tiny. Oh, so cute. Um, uh, so just to, it's the end of the Cretaceous period, so 65 to 70 million years ago, just before all dinosaurs went extinct if you believe that. <laughs> I think it was the Illuminati, personally. <clears throat> Thank God planted it. Yeah. When you look at footage of the meteor striking, <laughs> you can see the strings. There's the reason why... So it's very rare to find a baby dinosaur. It's so rare because... So you, you, you hardly find any eggs because the eggs are always either smashed and eaten or smashed and disappeared um or and the reason why you don't find little children dinosaurs that's not what they're called baby dinosaurs <laughs> i get so emotional about this um is that they're eaten cool so sad it's just like the way it's described because um rather than leaving a complete skeleton the babe would be reduced to a pile of broken scattered bones difficult to identify and piece back together oh but what's interesting about the baby rapetosaurus is that they grow so quickly. Really? Yeah, so the, this uh, dinosaur that, um, uh, that was it Christina, her name was, Curry Rogers, um, was somewhere between 39 and 77 days long, and it grew in, like, let's say, the maximum of 77 days, it grew from 3.4 kilos to 40 kilos. It grew so quickly, and that's, that's because awesome. it's because the, they're so big. The adults are so big that they can't properly care for a child because they're mm-hmm. so big. Like how how do they like a tiny? So like when they're baby babies, they look like a terrier. It's just like a tiny like the size. They don't look like a terrier. They're the same size <laughs> as a terrier. Maybe she just found a dog. Let's be honest. <laughs> So, so they're like, too big to actually care for them. So they have to become self-reliant like really fucking mm. quickly. Um, so almost from the time they come out of the egg, they would be able to walk and feed itself. And then this article just hates um, other dinosaurs. It's like probably feed itself, unlike duck-billed dinosaurs, which would probably nest-bound and rely on their parents for food. I know I read so many emotions into this. <laughs> I just sounded so bitchy. Unlike duck-billed dinosaurs. <laughs> Fucking losers. <laughs> Fucking losers. Um, and then this guy, I really like him. Stephen uh, Brassett, a paleontologist at the University of Edinburgh, said, this is so paleontologist-y. The evolution of these fast growth rates in these colossal dinosaurs is one of the greatest achievements in the history of evolution. That's a big, cool. big claim. He's, I can just imagine him sitting being like, oh, <laughs> the best thing that's ever happened in the history of the world. <laughs> oh, I love you, Stephen. Um, uh, oh, yeah, this is so interesting. So what they... This is so sad. So they can, because they could see, they can see in this dino, this uh, baby dinosaur how it died, and they think it starved to death. Oh. And they can see that because cartilage 
at the ends of bones stops growing and starving animals, and in the Rapetosaurus specimen, the preserved calcified cartilage regions are extremely thin. That's so sad. I don't know why I'm so sad about this dinosaur, baby. So sad. Oh, yeah, and then, then there's Thomas Holtz, another paleontologist, um, who's not, just not that impressed. Uh, Thomas says that other titanosaurs probably shared Rapetosaurus growth strategy, but he cautions against concluding that all long-necked giants were born self-sufficient. He says, to most people, all sauropods look alike, tiny at one end, tiny at the other, big in the middle. <laughs> in case we didn't know. <laughs> and then he says, but that doesn't mean there wasn't a lot of variation within them. I think that's the first... Uh, example we have of a uh, hashtag not all titanosaurs. <laughs> uh, excuse me. It's actually one of them that couldn't walk. And then, the, and this is gonna we're gonna put this on the on the Instagram. I just found like the size of a baby, um, Rapetosaurus, and it's like the size of a little dog. It is like a dog. Imagine having a teeny tiny. Teeny tiny Rapetosaurus. <laughs> so cute. We're gonna put that on Instagram. So. The topic that I want to discuss is having children. Ooh. And it's a weird one because I hear... So the reason I want to talk about this is... First of all, I, th- I think we've talked about it a bit privately. Mm. We, ha- we also talk privately. <laughs> you, you wouldn't think so <laughs> with all the stuff we share on, on stage. But, and I think we have different ideas about having children. Children's <laughs> having children's, uh, and it's a th- and I'm 30 now, so there's it's like a th- it's not that I have to think about it, but my friends are now having kids, mm. and I'm pretty sure I don't want them, and I know that that's in society still not okay, like still not the norm, I guess. Like you should want to have children. If you're someone that people think is a woman, at least. But I don't. And also, I don't feel the pressure. So really? I guess I'm just a bit all over the place, but I would love to hear I'd love to hear your thoughts about this, I guess. I think it's important to talk about. Get it out. Get it out. <laughs> Get it talk out. Talk about it, Jodie. Like Come a on, child. Open up. <laughs> um, I really like the idea of having children, but I've also I've been asked about it so much because people love to ask a butch if they would carry a child. They love it, they love it, they love it. I've been asked so many times. Really? Yeah. Do you, do you, why? I think part of it is like fascination because my, my partner looks exactly like me, but femme. It's a whole narcissistic femme butch thing. <laughs> we know it's happened, it's fine, we're good with it, we're working through it. So, um, <clears throat> She's also a drag king. We look even more similar in drag. It's a whole, it's a whole, whole mind fog. But also really sexy. Um, and people, people love to ask. Like I've been asked by so many people. They're like, "So, um, would you want kids?" Like just in the middle of normal conversation, they'll be like, "What's your favorite pasta?" Will you bear a child? Um, How often are you asked what your favorite pasta is? <laughs> every other day. Have Italian blood in me. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I've really confused people by being like, well, we pro- probably split it 50 50. That's the, the child. The, the, yeah, we just cut it down the middle and, you know, half the labor. <clears throat> I take it on the weekends, not Sunday, that's God's day. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I've been asked a lot, and people are always very, like, very shocked when I say that I would. I, like if I was going to have biological children, that I would consider like carrying are children. They, are they asking you if you want children? Or are they asking you specifically if you would carry the child inside of your body? They are much more often. It's more focused on that. Like oh. people, for me, skip the child bit, or like <laughs> it'll come up. It'll come up naturally in conversation about children, and then they'd be like, "Would you?" They'll be like, "Would you want children?" In like a kind of like less interested way. And you know that it's because they want to get to the bit where they ask you if you'd carry children, which is very, is very, very weird. Um, and often if people know my partner, they'll be like, but you, 
but she's the femme one. And you're like, oh, it's so interesting, isn't it, though? Because we do both have wombs. That is the point. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's very strange. It's very, so, very strange. That's not the point. Would you? Cis normative language, whatever. Would you carry a child inside of your womb? I would, yeah. Inside of your w- womb. Woman, 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 womb. Ugh. Um, yeah, I would. Yeah. I think I think that part would be okay. Yeah. I think it would be very exciting to feel your body just have complete control. Yeah. And you just can't. Like the pregnant when I know, I mean our uh, producers very pregnant right mm. now. And it's very exciting to follow and terrifying. Like all the pregnant people I know, it's just like this it's like a force just takes over. Yeah. And they're just like got to do what the baby got to do and then they're just like Justine is like at 3 a.m. going, I'm just making some pasta for the baby. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Oh, I can't wait for Justine to have her baby so we can dress her up like a dinosaur. Excuse me, our baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's our baby now. I like yeah. that bit. I think that would be interesting. The playing with the baby. No, the having it having inside of me. Oh, that Once bit. it comes okay. out, I'm like, oh, no. So you mean the, pro- the process of... Car- like carrying a child to be fair it's mainly the sex bit that I'm really into <laughs> <laughs> I see that would be really fun to try again um, <laughs> I think I'd be very interested in I mean and this is such a I mean there, there'll be pregnant people listening Justine yeah. <laughs> will hate me for saying this please and don't know say it's anything not that will same. stop Justine from editing this episode so I can't be bothered to do if it people myself. listening now will just hear like a long beep <laughs> <laughs> and then from then on it's just going to be your voice <laughs> This message is interrupted by an angry pregnant woman. It's <laughs> a loud scream, and then the episode cuts out. And I know, I'm just saying, I know it's not the same, but when I have my period, I, I, I'm just a bit more in touch with my body. Mm. And, you know, I, I kind of, even though it's, like, painful and annoying and just so much admin <laughs> around, you know, you have to remember the tampons and the thingies and the, oh, it's just a bit, you can't regular toilets that are like too narrow like public toilets are too narrow then you just can't anyway so that's a problem but I kind of like that the body takes over a bit and it's just like doing its own thing and I can't stop it I know I feel like pregnancy is that times a million you mean like the the body is powerful yeah you like that about it see I love period I find periods very sexy on other people Mm-hmm. But very annoying for me personally. So like, how's it sexy? How? I just, I, th- I think it's really cool. I think it's really cool and powerful. Fertility yeah. is awesome. Very sexy. But like, oh, such an annoying thing personally. But I think that's because my period is like that bit in, um, is it sixth sense, where <laughs> the like elevator doors open. And oh, the, like, sh- the shining. Oh yeah, it? the shining. That's the one. Sixth sense is like. I see. I see. I see. Jay I see tampon. periods. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Bruce, you're a tampon all along. <laughs> Surprise, motherfuckers! Um, <laughs> <laughs> we've got to do that movie remake. <laughs> Could you imagine the trolling? The kid um, would have the same facial expression. Just like <laughs> <laughs> absolute fear. Um, yeah, just a, an endless nightmare for me. But I think I realized I didn't want children when I first when I met my first baby. <laughs> it, was, it was like a, a meeting that was set up somewhere. <laughs> Hello, hello. Thank you for coming. Do you so want some coffee? What do you do? <laughs> so what do you do? God, you're boring. Uh, my friend had a baby. It was a cute baby. It wasn't even that. It was. I think it, just, it occurred to me that it was all the time. All the time. Yeah. It's never not there. Like, it's never not a thing. It's all, it's con. And I just, I think in my head it all been this collage of like, oh, the first time it says a word. And then it's like running in a field. Yeah. <laughs> like, whatever. It's, we're playing basketball with the baby or whatever. <laughs> as, I'm, as I'd love to do. <laughs> I don't know why that was a thing. But then I was just like, it's, there's never a time when you're not responsible. And it's for like the next. At least 18 years. 18 years. And then sometimes after that, I was talking yeah, to my... Yeah, boy. My... <laughs> Am I right? Because <laughs> <laughs> men are babies forever. Men are babies forever. Babies. Um, 
No, my flat, my flatmate and I. I told my flatmate we were going to do this episode on having kids like yesterday, and she was like, "Oh, I've changed my mind about it. I never want them because I've I thought about myself, and you know, I was 22 when I had my mental health breakdown, and I just I'd be so pissed off if my own child, you know, was. I I seemed like very little work, and then I was like, surprise, give me support, and I would be so angry if my child did that. So <laughs> I'm just not I'm not gonna have it because I'm too lazy. It's like what an amazing way to look at. It's like fair enough. I mean that's fine. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I've just come. I just landed today from Denmark, where I spent two days with my best friend and her baby. And he is the cutest toddler. And he used to start calling him baby. I also called him it for a very long time. <laughs> oh, can it speak? She was like, he's two. I was like, oh, yeah, sorry. And he is, uh, he is so cute. And he's so sweet. We went to this is, uh, ethically questionable place in Denmark uh, called like Rana's Rainforest. It's like a zoo, but it's like very tiny like rainforest themed so there's some animals very big animals in very small cages it's not okay it's very not okay I didn't know that until I was there I was like mm, I don't know this. but there was like a bat cave and my best friend she's terrified of bats like so scared of bats but she also wanted to show him he's two and a half now she wanted to show him you know like if you're scared that's okay you know we're gonna I didn't know what to do <laughs> so when he was like I'm scared. I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's so scary, isn't it? And that's not what you're meant to do. She was like, no, tell him that it's okay. You're there. You'll protect him. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'm here. I'll protect you. She was like, she was raising me and him. <laughs> but he was so, so he, he, he uh, noticed that his mother was scared of the bats. This tiny, like, two and a half year old child in this, like, little t shirt with aeroplanes on was just like, it's okay, mommy. It's, it's only bats. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, it's so cute. And he's the cutest child I've ever met. He's so adorable. And I still don't want kids. And I was like, that is the ultimate test. If I don't see this beautiful little child and think, I want one, that's it. I think I'm just, that's it. Fair. I think so. I think, for me, I'm, I, think, I think that I would like kids, but not before I'm 35. Mm. Not before then. Oh, I had a, a slight argument with my mum and my sister about it at Christmas. Cause my, my family are, are working class and like everyone in my family has had children quite young. So my family have like a very different timeline. And my sister has a very different timeline to me as well. So we started talking about children um, <clears throat> and Saskia was like, oh, oh. Well, first of all, my sister my sister and her partner were talking about having kids. And my sister was like, yeah, it's amazing because I'm going to carry... Um, I'm going to carry Emma's eggs, and because they're in me, they're going to suck some of my DNA in. And I had to be like, absolutely not. Um, she was like, yeah. And I was like, no, absolutely not. Um, it's not science. And she's like, well, you don't know science. And I was like, science knows itself. Um, <clears throat> so that, the conversation started off in awkward territory. Um, but yeah, I was like, oh, are you thinking of having kids or is it just like classic queer chat where you talk about having children in like the second week of dating after you've like moved in together uh, which they did literally do adorable um, <clears throat> and she was like no no like obviously it's not that far off um, which is totally fair not shaming her for it but for her she's my younger sister and it's you know a few years away for her and I was like I just really can't imagine the world just sucks. Like, it's so obviously so difficult to have a career and have children at the same time. And it so, must be so like, maddeningly isolating to have children if you don't have a really good support network around you. Like, how do you do anything? Like, loads of places still aren't even, like, breastfeeding friendly. They just don't let you do that, which is insane and the most annoying thing ever. Like, how can you shame... How can you shame people for that? Ugh. Men are trash. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I just can't, I can't imagine it. And my mum was sort of, like, sitting and watching this conversation happen, and she had me when she was 26, I think. 
And uh, Saskia was like, oh, you're going to be so old. Like, you're going to be, you're going to be ancient, ancient. Like, how can you raise a kid when you're ancient? And I was like, that is the point that you're, that you are older than the child. It's like the main, the main point. Um, <clears throat> so I think it will be fine. And it, yeah, it was sort of like this spectrum where my mom, my mom was like watching between. And I was like, well, my, you know, mum, what was your experience? Do you feel like it would have been easier to have children later and she was like oh okay. um yes <laughs> yeah. um yes very much so and uh Saskia was like why why would it have been easier mum why would it have been e- was I a problem mum was I a fucking problem then was I a problem I was like you're being a problem now and you're an adult like imagine what a little shit you were um yeah, just so it's so interesting. It's my, I kinda, yeah, yeah, I kind of like the way my mom did it because my mom got pregnant, I think, by accident, uh, and then she was just like they were living near Copenhagen where my dad was working, and then my mom was like, well, "I'm moving to the countryside, like four hours away from Copenhagen. You can come if you want." And he was like, "Um, okay," but my family and everything is sent. He was like, "Nah, I'm leaving," and then she went to live close to my grandparents. And then she, so it was all on her terms. And she, the whole time she was like, I'm doing it my way. It's me and the child. And we're together. It's me and her against the world. And my dad was just like, well, I'll just be over here. <laughs> Bye-bye. Disappeared. And uh, then he came back five years later with my <coughs> sister and then left again. <laughs> so, so much fun. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> but my mom, I think my mom has loved having, like being... The, a single parent. Yeah. She loved it. She loved. She thought it was, she was kept. She always talks about how cozy it was. Mm. Like, oh, we just cuddle up. It just be you and me, and it was just. And I can't. I can imagine that. I can't imagine having kids w- with someone who was then there. Not just because I don't trust people, <laughs> not to leave, but I just. It, I think it would be annoyed. Mm. Someone else's input. How I would. Can I tell you my fantasy? The only child <laughs> fantasy I have. Yeah. So. In the fantasy, I have like an affair, like a married man, and it's very dramatic. And I shouldn't do it, but oh, it's just so hard. And we just, oh, it's just this big thing. You wouldn't know if you weren't there. It's a very romantic thing. And then I get pregnant, and of course, I don't want kids. And you know, I have my career here and everything, but I just want to do it, you know. So I moved to, to Spain, and it's just me and the kid, you know, beautiful little child, and we're having a great time. We learn Spanish, everything's fine. But then one day when the kid is like four, I go to pick up the kid in kindergarten or wherever they are when they're four. I'll probably need to look that up. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's there on holiday and he sees me and he's like, you just disappeared. You just went away. Why did you go away? I love you. I was going to leave my wife for you. And I'm standing outside the kindergarten. He doesn't know I'm about to go in. And he's like really angry, but like has tears in his eyes. So I know like it's because he loves me. And then I'm just like, oh, God, you, I, I can't explain. I'm sorry. I, I did it for you. And he's all like, oh, but it hurt me. How can it be for, for me? And then the child sees me and goes like, mommy. or like, matra, <laughs> mama. How do you say? It's fine. Mother. He's learned English now. And it's like, mother. And, and then like the married man can see that it looks just like him. And that's and that's that's the end of the fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just so specific. It's it's been re- it's been replaying in my mind a lot of times. <clears throat> it's be- it's a beautiful fantasy, Sophie. Yeah. I'm not shaming you for it. No, I think <laughs> maybe you should. <laughs> I don't, my mum my mom did exactly the same thing when she got, when she got pregnant with me and my sister um, as fetuses um, she <laughs> so confusing um, she basically like had already broken up with our dads um, she's got very high standards um, they were both cunts um, so she'd already broken up with our dads and uh, then she like waited essentially like waited until after the like found out she was pregnant because she's incredibly fertile like glance at her she's pregnant um, <clears throat> like found out she was pregnant waited until after the abortion date and then like pitched up at their houses and was like surprise 
I have a baby, but I don't want you to be involved because I don't need any men. Goodbye. Um, and my sister's dad was Catholic, so he was like, well, we have to get married because it's God's way. And she was like, absolutely not. You're a twat. And he was like, oh, so what you want is money, is it? And he got like 100 quid out of a cash machine and threw it at her. And I was like, what did you, what did you do? Yeah. I mean, was that's not something you can do quick? No, no, I know. Go, like, take her up to an ATM. No, no, no I think wait, out. wait, and then stay there. You don't leave. Wait, which card oh, is this one? No, wait, that's the company card. Wait, come on. What's my card? Come on. How much? A hundred. Do you want a receipt? No. Do you want yes. advice? Do you want a bite? No, I'm fine. Here's the advice. Good. Stick with the charm. Don't leave. Uh, wait. <clears throat> so So I don't think he told her what he was doing (laughs) I think he stopped and just got the money out Um, (laughs) uh, it was old as well probably took fucking ages Um, yeah he he just like chucked it at her and she was like oh thanks just took it and left yeah that's the right thing to do yeah she's a cool gal I like that could have got what like 200 flat whites <laughs> what, instead yeah excuse me barista. what am I talking about the third wave of I would like to that. order 200 flat whites I, I can see I don't know I think it's because my mom would always say to me oh when you become a single mother <laughs> there was never an option not to be a single mother <laughs> it was always just like her vision for me oh one day you too will be a single mother <laughs> oh cool mm. <laughs> I wonder why I don't trust men <laughs> no. It is so badass, though. Like, I have so much respect for my mum doing that on her own. It's amazing. Mm. Because when I was born, we moved into, like, sheltered mother and baby, like, social care accommodation, where, like, it was just, like, a cot and the bed in the same room. And that's it's crazy to me. I would need so much support to have a bub. Mm. And support I will have. I'm already building it up. What do you mean? Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I also think adoption is a pretty sweet option. The world is dying. People are killing it. Yeah, I th- actually think... Yeah, I think... I agree with the older thing. I think if I was to have kids, mm. like, my life would have to be over already. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm almost dead now. Why mm. not? Why not ruin it further? <laughs> Justine, no. I'm so sorry we're oh, saying Justine, these things. I you know they don't apply to you at all. I can't wait to meet the baby. We're just evil. <clears throat> um, the... For people who have listened to the Echoism episode, that's, I think, my main reason for not wanting to have... Other than it's not a physical urge, I don't have the... It doesn't feel like an urge. But apart from that, the logic behind it, which might have to do with that, is this thing of, because of the Echoism, I've never really been myself. Like, I've never really lived for myself. I've always lived for psychopathic grandfather or various uh, damaging toxic relationships or I've never just had like my own space where I was basically what my mother described of like her and me when I was a child like oh we're gonna have this I've never done that with myself I've never just been like oh this is just me and my space and my person my passion my life so I feel like if I was to have a child now I would just live a whole life without living for myself yeah so I think and also I don't know if I don't think I really know if I want kids until I've tried that to properly be, I'm not allowed to say fixed, sorry therapist, but to be fixed, fuck it. <laughs> it's just the only word that's, that fits. Um, I won't know until I've tried mm-hmm. being on my own for myself. It's hard to explain, especially if you haven't heard the episode. No, but I basically, yeah, I think it's, I'd love to try that before I again live for someone else. And I wouldn't want to project any of that onto a baby. <laughs> Wake up. You are nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Existential dread. Uh, Who am I? Baby, who am I? (laughs) Where? Where? Ah! Um, Put it back. Maybe you are the baby. But I am. It's the the inner child therapy thing. Yeah. We have to treat you. Oh, my God. Did I ever tell you that? That's so scary. It was when I was like 19 and I first started seeing a therapist. I was like fully, really, really depressed. And my therapist said to me, imagine like your inner child. Like imagine you as a, as a child 
and then tell me where she is. Like in your imagination, when you've imagined you as a child, where is she? And I was just, I just had this very clear image of like a, ch a tiny child sitting in the corner of like a wet, dark basement, like with nothing. It was just an empty, cold, scary, dark basement. And my therapist just had like the biggest eyes, just like, okay, <laughs> yeah, I, th I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna have to try and fix that. <laughs> Is that not normal? <laughs> no. <laughs> Can you imagine a bet there? And I was like, no. He's like, all right, let's have a chat. <laughs> so much trauma. Oh, my God. Wow. Cool. Yeah. So I think that's, yeah. <laughs> there must be a lot of pressure not to, not to, I don't know, everything you do as a parent affects your child. Oh but, but this is why I'm really glad that I look a lot like my partner, because then if we had a child, <laughs> the child would never be able to tell who was who. I'd be able to blame all of the bad things that go wrong on her. <laughs> what I found with my friend's toddler, um, I do so many things the way I was raised. And this was, so, this was like yesterday. And he was like, he just ran past me being all childlike. Like, ah! Um, and I did so my grandfather, psychopath he would do this thing where whenever we made any kind of sound or just existed, he would make like a motion where he would like take his arms up and he'd get this facial expression as, like the same expression you'd get if someone was coming at you in a bar and wanted to fight and you'd be like whoa whoa I don't want any of this like really like, like he would throw himself back like whoa whoa and I did that when the child ran past me. I just went like, whoa. And I was like, fucking hell. Mm. Fuck. I just directly copied my piece of shit grandfather to this tiny child. And that was so scary. So scary. And my friend who has the baby, said she does the same thing. She sometimes catches herself saying things that she knows that her mother would say to her that she was like, that wasn't good. <laughs> I don't think that helped a lot kind of thing. Yeah. I think that is scary how much you will just pass on it's not scary if you had like a healthy good family life and you're just passing down good things but if not fucking hell you have to be aware yeah i'm kind of excited to see what <clears throat> like my generation of friends having kids will be like because all of all of my friends are very like self-aware and will talk about their emotions all the time as we should and i feel like it will be really interesting to see how that interacts with parenthood which is it's like <clears throat> for previous generations has been all about selflessness, particularly if you're like the primary carer for that child, which traditionally has been like all women. I just, yeah, I think it's going to be fascinating because I can totally see so many of my friends getting a bit into pregnancy and then being like, fuck you, look after the child. Like, I have to do my self-care. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Yeah, I think it will be really interesting. And also, that will be good. I think it's very strange that there's, like, this culture of, like, you have children and then you, like, stop like stop existing, like, you only exist for the child. I think that's, that's so bizarre to me. Like, necessary to an extent, because you have, like, a living thing relying on you. But so weird that we don't think about it. Like, it's just a, to a total norm. A total norm. They're there all the time. But we don't listen to people's... Experience oh, with it at all. They're there all the time. They were not there. You're not even listened to when you give birth. I have a really cool friend who like writes about radical birth. What's Love radical having birth? feminist friends. What's that? Um, <clears throat> it's basically like the idea that um, medicine doesn't really like listen listen to um, people that are giving birth. So. Um, like a lot of it is about the fact that like it's actually not very good always to have like to give birth as quickly as you're like expected to in a hospital because that's like essentially so that a ward can run efficiently or like you're expected to give birth lying on your back because that's again more efficient for everyone but actually that's not how gravity works um <clears throat> yeah it's really interesting they're Wait, really you into stand up then no like all fours but that's just the same gravity situation, but the other way around. Apparently it's good for the insides. I don't really know the science of it. But she is very clever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. We can try it out after the show. If you <laughs> <want>. <laughs> I need to see what you mean. Yeah. 
It's just very, it's very interesting. It's like the idea that you should have more emotional support and that the body naturally takes more time to give birth. But we've like been told that you should give birth very quickly and that's actually not ideal and like causes a lot more trauma and requires a lot more medical intervention and like, yeah, how that intersects with listening to medicine and science and like medicine where appropriate, help where appropriate, you know. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. My favorite book when I was a child was... I, mean, I feel like this is a book that I've read, but now that I'm about to say it out loud, hmm, I think it's called Help, I Found a Baby in the Trash Can. And it was, <laughs> and it was a, like a group of so children. Like, I mean, maybe teens, and they're like walking around, and then they hear like a cry, and it's a baby in a, a bin. And then... <laughs> And they take the baby mm. and they try to like care for it, and it's all this mm-hmm. big. What if our parents find out? And they take it into this like shed and make like a home for it, and finds out how to take care of a baby. And it's this really, it's this really nice book. I think it exists, or maybe I've made it up. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the so I think my main thing there was that story once about a, a girl who was I don't know, even know if it was about fatness. I think it was. I think it was because she was fat. She hadn't noticed she was pregnant or something, so she got like pains in her stomach mm. and then she was uh, went picked up by an, uh, an ambulance and they were like oh it's because you're about to give birth and she was like I'm pregnant and a part of me is like if that happened to me that would be quite fun I'd be okay with that that'd be fun because then it's just like it's there you have to deal with it now it's like it's like if you found it in a bin I think but that's quite exciting but you find it inside yourself and yeah. then it <laughs> comes out <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that's like that's my exciting. nightmare my absolute nightmare a surprise baby no but like it's because then you don't have a choice and you have to make the choice and the nine months and yeah then it's not your fault that you got drunk she didn't know (laughs) it's just an exciting story i did go to school with someone that found out they were pregnant very late on because a lot of a lot of people i went to school with had kids while we were like still teenagers Um, and one of them did have a surprise pregnancy very very late i think she called it hyphenated first name liberty boo great name (laughs) really strong name (laughs) i think the dad really liked the idea of naming it after boo in monsters inc (laughs) and she really liked the name liberty (laughs) really love my roots so about my uh, when my dad um, one of the few times I saw him he he told a story which I then afterwards realized he told in order to I think he was trying to tell me that he cared about me but that was not what the story said it was he was like yeah when when your mother was pregnant with you I told her to uh, call the office where I work it was before cell phones and stuff um, imagine um <laughs> And so he was, like, out working. And then... So my mom did call and leave a message saying, I'm about to give birth now. But then the secretary hadn't passed on the message to him. She'd just been like, oh, I'll give it to him when he comes back. So he missed the birth, and he didn't find out, so he went back to the office and said, has, has there been any phone calls? And the secretary said, oh, yes, actually, your, your girlfriend called. Uh, and then he said, and I got so angry. I almost punched her in the face. I was oh, like... sweet. Okay, what are you... Oh, so in your weird kind of toxic masculinity brain, that me- that's mm. you telling me, I love you so much, I could have punched a woman in the face. That's not love. <laughs> I don't feel that as love. I'm not like, oh, oh, if you'd really punched her, I would have been so happy right now. <laughs> Such a fucked up thing to say. You know me so well, Dad. <laughs> All I want for Christmas is for you to punch your secretary in the face. <laughs> And on that gorgeous note, I think it's time for a bedtime story. Yeah. Now, as always, at this point in the podcast, we like to pay homage to our favourite thing, which is, of course, dinosaur erotica. We're not kink shaming. It's a beautiful thing and we honour it. Uh, So today's bedtime story is called Running from the Raptor by Christy Sims <gasps> Christy Sims yeah our favourite our absolute favourite yeah. not to be confused with her other raptor based stories which are also very high quality so I'm going to give you uh, the sort of plot synopsis of it because having read it I really want I want to save that experience for you to have on your own just fully immersed so it's just a little taster 
Ulla is a beautiful cave woman who is out foraging for her tribe with the rest of the tribeswomen. As she's foraging, she senses she is being watched, and not just by any creature, by raptors, the most cunning predators in the jungle. She can sense them stalking her and her tribe. All Ulla can do is retreat and hope not to be attacked. One night, while Ulla's tribe sleeps peacefully, the raptors attack and Ulla retreats to the cave. She thinks she's safe until a raptor finds her and corners her. Ulla knows she is done for, but instead of tearing her to bits, the raptor begins to nuzzle at her nether regions. (laughs) It doesn't take long for Ulla to discover what the raptor truly wants from her, and she's willing to give it to him. Hot. Ulla? Can I say the name? Ulla. U-L-A. Oh, that's his Danish name. Ulla? Really? Ulla. Very cute. Yeah. Hmm. But it just sounded like Ulla. Which is also a Danish name, but that's a boy's name. Anyway, it's gone. <laughs> Binary. Binary. <laughs> speaks so many languages. <laughs> um, now, I've picked out a couple of reviews for you. Now, this first review is five out of five stars, so really enjoyed it. And it's called Let Your Imagination Fly. I selected this book based on a comment I heard at a party. Sure. <laughs> Why did you have to say? <clears throat> Intrigued, I did a quick, a quick fact-finding search and found this little book interesting and worth a free read on my Kindle Unlimited plan. <laughs> now, it may not be for you if you're into conventional erotica. <laughs> Brackets, because it is far from typical. Close brackets. But I liked it. It helps that I enjoy reading different once in a while. And I love reading independent authors who have freedom to think outside the box. This author did not disappoint. She has a vivid imagination and did a good job telling the story. I applaud her effort and will read more from her. And this next review is from Archie Medicbot. (laughs) Five out of five stars, a pleasant surprise. (laughs) And it simply reads, Dinosaur anal. (laughs) That is all. And if that's not enough to get you to read this book, then I don't know what you're living for. (laughs) So there you go, you should read it. (laughs) It was actually a top-class read. That's amazing. Yeah. Did you leave a review? I didn't leave a review. I know. I'm going to, though. Go. I'm oh. just I'm marinating in my review at the moment. I didn't think I could top that one. That's true. <clears throat> <laughs> um, no, I have someone and something that I really, really want to plug this week. Um, and what I want to plug is the charity Every Month. Um, so they do a lot of work with All Killer, No Filler podcast, but it's run by one of my best mates, Rosie Candlin. Um, and they do amazing work tackling period poverty in Manchester. So what they do is... They take donations of um, <clears throat> like period products like tampons and sanitary pads. Um, they gather them all up and then they give them out in packs to charities and shelters. Um, and they usually, I know when they started out, they put hot chocolate in and now they put chocolate bars in um, and they just do amazing work. They help about 800 people every month. Um, and you can get involved with them if you're ever in Manchester or you can donate to them. So you can donate products, you can volunteer with them to pack or to collect products. If you work in a shop, then you can offer to have a donation area there so that people can drop products off. Um, but yeah, please do get involved or donate to them because they do amazing work. And Rosie set it all up from scratch. She is just the most incredible person. She works tirelessly on the project. So, yeah, do get involved. Um, so you can find them at their website, which is everymonthcampaign.org. On Instagram, they are everymonthmcr. And you should totally follow my mate Rosie because she's a top-class lad with excellent content on Insta as well. She is at Hungry Graduate. So, yeah, you should definitely check that out. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. I feel like I met Rosie the same day I met you. Yeah, you did we actually. Did, didn't we? Yeah, before the bucket of fish. Yeah, that's not a euphemism. Before <laughs> <No. laughs> the uh, the <clears throat> bucket of fish, there was this incredibly toxic guy hanging around that really wanted Sophie to do his gig, and I was like, "Hey, Sophie, why don't we go and get some fish?" 
because I'm cool like that. <laughs> there we got some fish. It's a good story, but support the charity. <laughs> uh, Jody, do you have anything you want to plug? What are you up to? So you can come and see my Drag King True Peck's new show, Sex, Sex, Men, Men, which is currently on at the Yard Theatre. Um, it is an exploration of masculinity. It is very sexy and steamy, and it has some incredibly talented drag kings in it. So come and check that out. It's on until the 16th. So yeah, get on that. And we have recordings at the Tap Room in... Islington? We're in Islington right now, aren't we? <laughs> I know London so well, you guys. Um, we have recordings at the Tap Room on the 17th of March, and tickets for that are £5. And we are also... In Birmingham! <laughs> on March 24th, uh, as part of the Birmingham Podcast Festival. Sophie, what are you up to? I am going on tour... In April, May, and June, I'm going to go on a book and stand-up tour called Bubble Rap Happy Fat, where I'm going to do my first show, Bubble Rap, which is about boy bands and pissing on men. <laughs> and my um, book is called Happy Fat, which is about why it's fucking okay to be fat. So it's going to be part stand-up, part q and A. going to go to 13 different cities all over the UK. And I will be in Denmark with my new show, The Bum Swing. Thank you. Thank you. It's like a bum for, for a swing for bums. Anyways, it's okay if you don't have a sense of humor. And in the beginning of April, I'm going to be in uh, Copenhagen and Aarhus with that show, and then I will take that to Edinburgh. And I think, I feel like the tickets should be out already by the time you listen to this. If not, they will be very soon. So sign up for my newsletter or go to sovegan.com to get all the tickets for all the things. You've been an incredible audience. Thank you so much for coming and checking out our gorgeous new venue. They <laughs> <laughs> can't see your sarcastic face <laughs> on the podcast. You guys have been incredible. Thank, Thank you, so you so much for coming. coming. Bye! You have been listening to Secret Dinosaur Cart. You can follow us on Twitter at Secret Dino Cart. On Instagram and Facebook as Secret Dinosaur Cult. Sign up for our newsletter on secretdinosaurcult.com where you can also find tickets for our future cult meetings and you can give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Secret Dinosaur Cult is a Dying Alone Limited production produced by Justine McNichol, jingle by Harriet Brain and artwork by Gavin Smart and Annalise Napper. Thank you for listening. So much trouble!